Hey team, it's Lex. Jordan is not here today. She is at work, so I am alone in the studio to introduce this special episode to y'all. Today, we are so stoked to introduce and talk with Sarah Fader. And don't worry, it was all virtual, so we were being completely safe. But because it was over Zoom, the audio quality is not quite up to our usual standard that we prefer. So thank you for bearing with us. There will be transcripts for this episode out, hopefully pretty soon after this episode drops. I don't know if y'all can hear that. That's a cat. Yep, that's Ned. He's very angry that I am in the studio and he is not allowed in here right now. And I feel really bad for him. So I'm probably going to go here real quick so that I can snuggle with him because he's great. And you will be able to find links to transcripts, sources, our social media pages, our theme song, There is a Dark Place by Tom Rosenthal, and also uh, the links to some good mental health resources. All of that will be in our episode description, and we also have all of our content warnings and trigger warnings in our episode descriptions, so please make sure to read those before you listen to any episode. We've been trying to get the word out about that. Um, I'm going to get out of your hair now so that I can go snuggle with Jordan's cat. And we love you. And we're so thankful for all of you and to all of our friends and family out on the West Coast. uh, We are keeping it in our thoughts and we wish that we could do more. And we really want the fires to stop and for this pandemic to be over so that we can come and hug y'all. You know, this sucks. But uh, all that being said, uh, we love you all a lot, and we hope that you are all having a good Monday, despite everything, and if nothing else, we hope that this episode will bring you a little bit of, a little bit of joy, maybe some laughs. Here we go. There is a dark place, but I'm not going there. No, no, not on my way. There is a dark place, but I'm not going there. No, no, not on my way. And I'm Lex. And I'm Sarah Fader. And this is Or Learn Farkour. One of these things is not like the other. We have a very special guest with us today. Yeah. You may have heard. Uh, This is Sarah Fader. Sarah, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello. I'm Sarah Fader. I'm a Libra with a moon in Virgo, ascendant in Libra, and solid, you know, double Libra in the house. That's amazing. Good energy. Yeah. Yes. I am the CEO and co-founder of Stigma Fighters, which is a nonprofit that features real people living with mental illness on our website. And my co-founder is Allie Burke, who lives with paranoid schizophrenia. And then we also have the VP, Sarah Comerford, who lives with um, bipolar type two and lots of different things. And also, yeah, and I have like all these different situations going on in my brain, including ADHD. That's why you're with us today. And also because you're really Yes. Cool. Thank you. You know, sometimes I'm cool on like Wednesdays, but also- Well, it's a Wednesday. So it's a Wednesday, my dude. for all of us. <laughs> yeah. And I said Wednesday on purpose. Oh, and I've also written for Psychology Today and been in the New York Times and on the front page of the Washington Post, which was like the coolest day of my life. But yay. And I, and I love cats and I have like, I want to open a cat sanctuary when I retire. And you guys can all visit and hang out. Yes. We'll be there. Absolutely. The ideal. The ideal existence. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Fader is with us today as our first official Orlearn Parkour guest. So She has, however, been with us before today. You may know her as our fantastic transcriptionist. So if you are reading these episodes, that is because of Sarah Magic. And we're so excited to have your voice on the show today, too. 
Thank yeah. you so much. I, I feel like I'm with celebrities because <laughs> I'm all, I'm no. always, when I'm transcribing, I'm like, I always want to jump in and the conversation is so exciting. And I'm like, yes, me, also me. I like that. I oh my do. gosh. So is it going to be weird to transcribe your own voice? Yeah, it's like when you listen to your voice on a tape recorder and you're like, ew, that's what I sound like. Ew, David. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, we have that feeling every single time we edit, and it's a time perceiving yourself, perceiving others, being perceived by others. What a time. It is funny that you say that you feel like you're with celebrities, because we've been like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Sarah Fader wants to be on our podcast. <laughs> Sarah oh, no. with us? What? <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited, though. I seriously, every time I hear like an ADHD thing, I'm like, I want to do it, because I feel like it's so, like, there's so much stigma and like misunderstanding and I feel like there are so many superpowers associated with ADHD that we don't talk about. So as you have explained to us in the audience, you have ADHD and so we wanted you to come on and talk about your experience with ADHD and about what you do and why you do it and so thank you so much Sarah for joining us. Um, You're welcome. Yeah. And thanks for introducing yourself. You're already answering a lot of the questions on here that we have so that's fun but uh, just for edification, just for my own edification. I don't know. I don't know. But like what, I don't know what words mean. I just deduce meanings a lot of the time. And then I use the that wrong sounded words. That really good. I believed it. I was Thank like, you. that's good. Thank you. Just, so just for my own edification, this might be a wrong word, but just for my own edification, I'm going to ask the questions in order just to see how we do. I feel like the more confident that you say the word, it means what yeah. you're supposed to, it means what that word is going to mean what I want it to mean. <laughs> yes. Right now. Yes. Yeah. We'll deal with what it actually means later. Yes. Just to get my brain and our audience in on the game here. Um, so what is your personal experience of mental health and neurodivergence? And when were you diagnosed? Um, so I, I mean, I was always an anxious child. And I can remember like as early as like five or six having acid reflux because I was really sensitive and anxious and being having really bad social anxiety. And then... I started getting panic attacks in junior high school. Um, I was bullied in junior high school, which is, I feel like, a common experience for many people. But then in my, I I had my first, like, real panic attack when I was 15 in high school. And I went to performing arts high school. So I was reading the Sandman comics. And I I read this, the Books of Magic comic. And it, it was talking about how these characters who are supposed to be eternal were going to die. And I was like, shit, I'm gonna die someday. Oh no. And then then I started to have this like existential crisis and I had this, the most severe panic attack. And I remember telling my mom, I need to go outside right now. Like I felt like the world was closing in on me and I needed to go outside. And thankfully she has anxiety, so she gets it. Mm. And, um, so I went outside and then I, I started going to therapy because that was like, my parents were so over therapized. They were just like, therapy is the answer, which is, which was helpful, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't enough for me. Right. I started noticing in high school that I would never finish the books on time. I was telling you guys this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they'd be like, you have to read Crime and Punishment in two weeks. I was like, I'm not going to be able to do that. Like, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I got really good at scanning the book for things that were relevant for the term paper mm-hmm. and, and then just putting those things in. And then, you know, and then I'd be like, I'm going to not, I'll just do the best I can. 
And I don't, I don't care. Like if it's an A minus, it's an A minus. I don't give a shit. Like as long as I get through it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming this must've been pre spark notes that saved me a lot in high school. We, we had cliff notes oh. uh, back in the day. Right. Right. So they right. were not, they were not sparking yet. They were like, <laughs> they were on a cliff, but then I'm like, what kind of an analogy is that? Yeah. Like, are you, are you ready to like fall off the cliff? Like what's going on? I, I don't understand. Like a person named yeah, Cliff, I think, like that guy's notes. Yeah. Like, you're just copying okay. off of him. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that like there sense. was a- an actual cliff on there. I don't know. But, um, but I know that there was a lot of like standardized testing. That was another clue mm. that I had ADHD, but I was not diagnosed yet is like on the SATs, I could, I didn't finish any of the sections and mm. I knew that. I was smart, but I, I should have gotten on time testing because if I had, I, I'm sure I would have done a lot better, but then, um, and also I had like suicidal thoughts in high school and like passive suicidal ideation where I had the intrusive thoughts about cutting, um, and things like that. And also OCD is in my family. So I'd have these repetitive thoughts. Like if I, like, if I was like playing basketball, like if I make the basket, I'm going to die before I'm 21. Or if I don't make, or no, there was the opposite. If I don't make the basket, I'm going to die before I'm 21. If I do make the basket, I'm going to survive. And it, it was very, it was torturous. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and I had to mm-hmm. tell myself that's not quote real. Like, yeah, it's just, a, it's a thought. But then it's really invalidating when doctors are like, it's just anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. Because just, just anxiety is going to make, it could make you feel like you're dying, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so- and I can get into that later. Like, I definitely have medical PTSD because of trying to convince doctors, like, no, no, like, I know I have anxiety, but I really do have this other medical thing that's happening to my body, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so finally, when I graduated high school, first of all, I graduated high school, I don't know how, because I was so f***ed up. But then after co- I went to Ithaca and then NYU, like, for theater, and then um, when I was 24, I decided I wanted to be a vet because, you know, I love animals. Mm-hmm. So oh, I, started yeah. ta- I started taking pre-med biology and I was like, this looks like German to me. Like, I don't understand what's happening. Like I start, I then I was like, visually, I can't process this information. And also I, I, I can't focus on the lecture. So something was wrong. And then I put two and two together. I'm like, I, I must have a learning disability. So I went to get evaluated and I remember the psychologist being like, I have no idea how you graduated college because (laughs) she was like, you have a severe visual spatial learning disability and you have ADHD. I was like, this makes sense. Finally. Right. My whole life. And I'm like, flash before my eyes. I'm like, this is why I'm always late. This Mm -hmm. is why I interrupt people. This is why like, I can't focus and everything made more sense. And also the hyperactive part came out later. Mm. so it was more inattentive at first because I think I wasn't confident in myself mm-hmm. and then like I felt like when I came out of the ADHD closet I was like oh now it's it's you know balls to the walls like I could just do whatever like but yeah I'm sure once you ask me more questions more things will come out oh well thank you for sharing that um but that's, that's like that's like the McDonald's version of my story so yes like the happy love meal. it love yeah. it like the happy meal toy like compact condensed yeah yeah usually has like a little a little keychain hook for you even though I never understood and or understand I still don't why so many kids toys have little keychain carabiner hooks on them so I'm like the last people who need I know you don't have keys to you don't you can't drive what are you doing no 
So anyway, my, uh, my, my cat who passed away, the oh. joke was always that she wanted to, she wanted to drive. Oh. Like every time I was leaving, she was like, I'll drive. And I'm like, you can't drive. I'm sorry. Like, I know you want to drive. But you just like keychains a lot. She loved my keys and my shoes. She was always rubbing Mm. against my shoes. Got to put the shoes on. Got to grab the keys. Got to go. Yeah. She has a lot to do. And then my other, my cat, she, she is very, uh, she's very much a Jewish mother. She tries to get me to sleep more. So like, if I'm trying to get up, she's like, no, I'm going to push you down (laughs) with my paw. You're sleeping. That's incredible. (laughs) Oh, cats. I love cats. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. Speaking of uh, stigma fighters, which you mentioned in your introduction, can you tell us a little bit about stigma fighters? And also, uh, I'm asking you this because you were referring to like the superpowers that ADHD can give us. Can you expand on that and maybe talk about stigma fighters a little bit? So stigma fighters really helped me during my separation from my ex because I, in court, was not allowed to talk about anything related to my separation like outside of court because mm. they were like whatever it could be like they didn't want it to influence things so i was like instead of talking about that online i'm going to open the floor up to people that have mental illness and have them share their stories like first it started on my blog and mm-hmm. then it developed into stigma fighters and it really helped to i wanted to have a centralized location where people could share their stories you know about living with mental illness. And it, and also it was kind of in a way voyeuristic because I could be like, oh, I can see inside their lives. And like, I feel like I, I have more of an understanding of what people go through. And also they were able to say to the world, like, this is what I go through and normalize living with mental illness, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was really comforting to me and I wanted it to be comforting to the general public. And um, so I really, you know, it, the website features essays in a thousand words by people living with mental illness and we compiled them into four anthologies. So you can buy like the anthologies on Amazon or, you know, in Barnes and Noble and stuff like that. But in terms of neurodivergence, I used to get really frustrated by the things I couldn't do. Because I've been watching people do things like be on time or like keep jobs or, you know, like traditional nine to five jobs. And I'm like, how do they do it? I don't understand. And then I realized that there were also these things that I could do that other people were like, how do you do that? Like I would, you know, like hyper focus. I, I like wrote a book proposal in two hours and people were like, what the f-? Like, how'd you do that? And I'm like, well, I was interested in it. So I did it. Mm -hmm. if I Mm -hmm. care about something I can knock it out yeah but then the other thing is that it's hard because sometimes I have no concept of how long something's going to take but I know that if I can kick my brain from neutral to drive and I'm in hyper focus you know it's like the house could be burning down and I'm going to finish whatever essay that is Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so what does that mean for you when you say kick your brain from neutral to drive uh it's kind of like catching fireflies like you see like all these thoughts like roaming around and you're Mm -hmm. trying to get them to kind of like congregate in one place. I feel like that's like the default state of my brain is like, I have all these ideas and I'm like trying to catch them, you know? And I, and then I finally like catch them in one place and I'm like, okay, it makes sense. You know, like I can actually kick it from a state of like, everything is feels chaotic to I'm zeroed in Mm -hmm. and I'm driving down the road. Gotcha. 
Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I'm like, I don't know if Jordan has, oh, she does have the Google Doc open. Okay, cool. So I just highlighted our next question because it's like, it ties into this and I love everything that you're saying so much. And also I love that you, you use the firefly metaphor because I love fireflies. It's just And then I'm like thinking, imagine. I'm thinking about Owl City. I'm like, Oh no. Oh no. Have you ever, um, oh my gosh. Uh, there's a video of like, I know there was like for a while, the Owl City meme fireflies meme where the sound would just get bass boosted so that like when it goes into the chorus it's like whoa (laughs) okay and um they (laughs) there's a a version of that meme where it's in (laughs) it's in atlantis like the movie atlantis the disney movie and they're like underwater and i just would really encourage everyone including you to go watch it um, I'll, I'll send it to you Sarah, yeah no we'll, we, we will link. we'll tweet a link thank to you it. yeah everyone should see this it's, it's required viewing for this episode now it's so fun it's really good it's so that's amazing i feel like there are certain songs too that i could listen to over and over again and fireflies yeah. is one of them like it's you know it's definitely like shower belting car mm. belting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also feel like yeah go ahead oh I should say it takes me to a very weird place like a very high school aged Lex place of like just I hear it and I'm immediately transformed into a just I'm wearing converse and skinny jeans and my hair is just the bangs are are just over over to the side a little bit and over like one whole line no not over one whole eye I could never really jive with that but like I definitely had the like very hefty side part mm, yeah look. but I just sitting there just being like yes I would like to make myself believe that planet earth turns slowly I would I would like you know yeah yeah anyways so just visceral reaction even you just going to like well, doing I'm, gonna- I'm like oh I- yeah. <laughs> I'd like to make myself believe. Yeah, like, um, so my friend was, my friend Kelby was telling me that music can actually make you time travel, like you were saying. So Mm -hmm. if I hear a song, like, if I hear that Bastille song, Pompeii, (laughs) right? Oh, oh, sweet mercy. The world stops tumbling down like this could just turn into mm-hmm. some concert where we're singing 2000 songs oh yeah but, um that, <laughs> transport, that transports me back yeah exactly it takes me back to when i first moved to portland mm. and it's such a happy time you know yeah um it makes me so happy and um i did you you can get away with so much weird shit there like i i remember i like walked into a car dealership i was like listen i have zero down can you give me a car and they were like uh okay <laughs> like they, hell yeah you can't do that other places you can't you know? yeah. No, I mean, I, I feel like you probably were so direct. And, like, people in the Pacific Northwest aren't as quite as polite and sidestepping as, like, the Midwest. Sure. But I feel like just with that level of, like, I have zero down. Please give me a car anyways. And then they're just kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's chill. Sure. Uh, I'm from Portland and I have a beard. Like, that's, that's just the... Right, exactly. Like, I am using beard oil. When I first saw beard oil, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, come on, man. And also, just the thing that really pisses me off, though, about Portland is sometimes it's too laid back. Mm-hmm. You'll be mm-hmm. like, like, you're at the hospital and your arm is falling off. And they're mm-hmm. like, dude, it's all right. You got another arm. It's good. Like, you'll be okay. 
Yeah. You know? And they're like, we, weed is legal here. Just right. take a breather. Like, right. It's see, fine. I'm over here, like, growing up in Washington, went like, who, wait, you people don't use beer to label? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you, I know, yeah. You, just, it's all right. Your arm's going to be okay. And panicking's not going to help anybody. If you worry, oh. if you panic, you worry twice or whatever. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. So this is one of the weirdest Portland stories. So my car mm-hmm. breaks down on 26, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm on the way from Beaverton to downtown Portland to yep. meet this dude that I'm dating who ended up being a total f-ing asshole. But anyway, that's another story. So Life. meeting him for dinner. Yeah, seriously. And I break down on the road. I'm like, well, how am I going to get there now? This woman comes and she's like, look, just call your insurance company. Tell them your car broke down on the side of the road. Just leave it here. They'll pick it up and I'll take you downtown. I was like, yeah, this total stranger drives me downtown to meet my date. And, and the insurance company came, like the tow truck. I left my f-ing car on the side of the road and they picked it up. I just left it there. Mm-hmm. Like, this is Portland. You could never do that shit in Brooklyn. Like, somebody would take your car in three seconds. I just, I feel like I, in the Midwest, it's just like growing up in Michigan, right? Whenever I've had to get my car towed, it's just like, well, it's the polite thing to stay. Like, they could take me to the, you know, but, like, it's the polite thing yeah. to wait and stay for the tow truck driver, right? So I'm just gonna, you know, just to yeah. make sure everything, oh, oh, like, that, uh, that's just, what uh, I one too. second here, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna wait, and then uh, as soon as uh, the tow truck man gets here, I'm gonna head to the Culver's and get some cheese curds, and everything will be okay, but uh, thank you cheese so curds. much. Cheese curds, cheese yes. curds, yes. poutine, I want poutine right now. Ooh, um, that sounds good. Should we just, like, pause this and come back? Yeah, no. Yeah. But let's go get poutine. Let's um, just go get some poutine. Let's just go to Quebec. Let's get some poutine. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Like that was that was like when she was like, leave your car, I was like, are you tripping? Like, who does that? Like I would just wait for the tow truck driver and I was like, Are you sure I can do that? That's weird. Like, is someone gonna take my car? She's like and she looked at me like I had three heads. Like, who would take (laughs) the car? I was like down car. Right. I don't understand. But yeah, it was weird. And it was cool. And like so many weird things happen. Like people just want to help you there. They're just like, how can we help? You know, when it makes me so sad, like how what's going on in Portland now, because Mm -hmm. it's such a happy city. But anyway, we're doing an interview. So I'm gonna oh, yeah. <laughs> right. oh my gosh. Yeah, no, I think there's no faster way to derail us. And the, there's no faster way that we derail ourselves than if anyone mentions anything even vaguely related to the Northwestern United States. Yeah. We're just like, oh, Stumptown, ah! uh, you, you know, Stumptown Tusk, uh, like University of Idaho. Stump- and uh, like, it just automatically just sort of glitch. Right, pal. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let's let me talk about the Columbia Valley. <laughs> like, just, yeah. You, oh, you you like rose scented things? You know where the really cool rose garden is? It's in Portland. Portland has a really good rose garden. Did you know? <laughs> Have you been to the Saturday market under the bridge and the guy with the hard yeah. on this? Yeah, no, like, <laughs> he is though, for real. Yeah. So good. Yeah, no, I feel like <laughs> this is mostly a self call out for all of us at this point because we're just like <laughs> making fun of the Pacific Northwest, but also like, oh no. I miss it. <laughs> ah, um, yeah. Did you want to, I highlighted it. Oh, yeah. Cause I was like, oh, this is along your line of questioning that you already 
Right. Yeah. So the metaphor of fireflies was wonderful. And I was wondering if you could elaborate on how having ADHD impacts your creative process. How do you and your brain get along? How do you get stuff done between like doing fun things and then doing the not so fun things, especially with all of the independent work that you do with running a company and writing books and having a freelance life that you get to structure yourself? I had to learn... I'm going to throw up in my mouth saying this, but I had a life coach one time who, it's so gross, but like she was amazing. And she taught me that I am an outdoor cat and I can't be confined, I can't be confined to an office. Like I have to make my own schedule, Uh you know? So the fireflies thing is like, it's like the ideas that I have also with ADHD. I'm like, oh my God, it's such a great idea. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's such a great idea. And I'm like, all right, let me catch the one that is really like glowing and like, you know, mm-hmm. like that. And, and I'm like, let me hang on to that. And let, let's hyper-focus on that and, and write about it because somebody needs to hear it. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. Like sometimes like mantras help. And I think like with writing, I'm like, what does the world need to hear to make mm-hmm. them feel better? right? Or make them feel less alone. Because yeah. ultimately, writing is not about you. It's about what you're bringing to other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. What, can oh, I, yeah. what can I communicate from myself that's going to help other people in some way? You know, even if it's very personal. Mm-hmm. Like, I wrote this novella called Nothing Trained to Nowhere, and it was about heartbreak. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to show, like, how raw and how, like, destroyed you are when somebody uh, betrays your trust. You know, mm-hmm. it really was cathartic to me. Oh, I, I don't know if I can show you this, but I have a, a tattoo that's um, writing is the key to mm. like healing. So it's like a skeleton key and the, the feather, like a quill pen. Yeah, um, that's awesome. But all, all my tattoos have meaning like that. So it helps me remember, you know, because I'm looking at my arm and I'm like, oh, I feel like shit. Oh, I should write something, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. because it helps me get that that catharsis is very real mm-hmm. and also i i found that like society has a way of doing things but it may, may not be my way so mm-hmm. i have to work around to make things so that it it translates to me so it may be that instead of writing an article physically i record it and then transcribe it Mm. you know, or, or, or I'm recording it while walking. Cause I, I need to get out and like get that energy out. So it's really, it's really about what is it? How can I make this transferable to the way that I operate? Okay. You know, and I realized I can't do a nine to five job. I have to do something that gives me the flexibility because I'll wake up and be like, what can I actually handle today? You mm-hmm. know, what kind of a day is it going to be for me? You know? And, and also I had to learn to be patient with my brain because I'd get so frustrated and be like, like, I want to make it work, you know? And sometimes mm-hmm. you can't force your, you can, well, not, not sometimes. You cannot force your brain to do something it doesn't want to do with ADHD. That's mm-hmm. the thing. You have to be, I feel like utilizing self-compassion was really powerful for me and being like, this is really hard. And I'm going to acknowledge that. And I'm going to work and see what I can do with this hard day. Yeah. You know? Well, that's awesome. And also- and also I, I learned too from my mom because, you know, my mom was recently diagnosed with ADHD, but like learning that you can also feel like shit and do stuff anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So the thing is like, you're not like sit, like laying in bed. I, I have to, there's a certain amount that I have to force myself to do things because I'm like, okay, 
you know, breaking it down into really small steps. Like you're, you're trying to pee analogy, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. first I'm going to put one foot on the floor. Yeah. Then I'm going to put the other foot on the floor. Then I'm going to, I'm going to break it down so small mm-hmm. that it's more manageable. Yeah. Does that makes sense. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Definitely. Can defo relate? Yeah. Um, and so that, that's the thing is I think, I think also, Oh, another thing I kept meaning to tell you guys is the other thing that I do is reward before boring thing. So, which is a a thing that's been documented with ADHD. It's like, like, okay, think about Super Mario Brothers, right? Like when you're you're like jumping on the turtle and the more you jump on the turtle, the more points you get. Mm -hmm. It's like that for dopamine, right? So you're like jumpstarting your dopamine by doing something enjoyable. Right. Let's say, so you do, let's say like you play Sudoku before doing your taxes. Yes. Right. So for me, it's like, and I'll get to the hyperfixation later, but like my, my newest thing is Lumosity, the like memory games on your phone. Yeah. So I play like, (laughs) it's so ridiculous. And like, when you try to explain it to people, they're like, what the f***? But like, it's this memory game where you have to remember like what sea creature comes next. I'm like, you know, you're tapping the different sea creatures in sequential order. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, shit, I thought it was a turtle. But I'm <laughs> trying to like figure out what sea creatures come next. And, and it, but it has all these different memory games. Mm-hmm. But cool. it stimulates my brain. And yeah. it makes that, that dopamine come. And I'm like, all right, I'm happy now. Let's go tackle that really annoying thing. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I I think I do a similar thing, except for like, I always sort of frame it in the like, how do I get in a good headspace to do X, Y, Z thing? Because like today, obviously, I was very much looking forward to this. But Mm -hmm. I was also like, Oh, I just woke up and I'm I'm not super alive yet. So I'm just gonna put on some Monster Factory while I get ready for the day and hear these two idiot brothers just scream about really, really completely broken characters and games at Oh boy. Yeah. No. So (laughs) yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like Mm -hmm. that's the thing. Or sometimes Mm -hmm. I think what people don't, another thing people don't understand about ADHD is sometimes I need to do two things at once. Mm -hmm. So like in order to focus, so I'll have like shit's Creek in the background and then I'm writing something. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh yeah. You know, like I remember when I was writing a lot of articles for the Huffington Post, I would put on the Mariana's Trench album ever after Mm-hmm. And, and like it, it focused me, it helped me hyper focus in. It was something about the melody and the beat that like mm-hmm. helped me focus in on what I was writing. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's so real. Just that level of like, I need the background noise to get like the level of simulation where brain's mm-hmm. not going to be ping ponging around to try and fill in those gaps. I so feel that I'm such a music while doing literally anything and everything mm-hmm. all the time. I hate when it's quiet person. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I, I just had that realization. Well, not just had it. It's very much been a part of my life. But when I was house sitting, I had a whole TV that could be on. So instead of having to watch something on my computer and do stuff on my phone, I was able to like actually work on my computer while having something else in the background. It was amazing. I was like, this is the best. This is the best. It's just it. This is, this is great. But yeah, yeah. that, and also like angry cleaning and Mm. you know, cause I don't, I don't like to clean unless I'm angry. Or like, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Or if I have, you know, I need to like blast like nine inch nails and like clean, you know, the, and then, you know, I'll clean the shit out of the kitchen if I am in the mood, but if I don't want to do it, I'm like, that shit, I'm not doing it. You know? Mm -hmm. It's so real. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, Jordan, do you want to tell that little anecdote of that one time you came over to my house in Idaho and you walked in and I was just like, Oh, you were just crying and doing dishes. Yeah. And then I came in and you started just like yelling at me about why you were angry and just like, like cleaned the darn house out of those those dried on bits. Yep. Like wiping down the counter, like very, like I was like, this is just, it worked. The kitchen looked great at the end. It did. But I remember I was like, I'm having a, I'm having a time. And she's like, do you want me to come over? And I was like, sure. Yeah, actually. Yes. And then she came over and I was like, just (laughs) sobbing. And I was like, he started dating someone else. Like She was like, (laughs) this was what, like two months into our friendship. If that (laughs) like a turning point, I think like, okay, okay. Rewind. Like, let's take it back and like go to the beginning of the story. (laughs) Yeah. She was just kind of like, Okay, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, uh, uh, like, oh, it was embarrassing. I was like, like patting it was like the a, room. Yeah, right, right, like in Thirty Rock. Yeah, um, <laughs> don't do cry. Right, exactly. They're there. It was to- it was like a, a water sign festival. Like I feel oh. like, <laughs> like that's that's the thing is like. I feel like I feel like I am a Libra, but I have so much Scorpio in me that I'm always crying. I'm like, oh my god, it's so sad. Like that. Oh, that's, you know, like whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? I yeah. literally woke up this morning and listened to Mitski while I made tea in my floral robe. So I can't judge you for anything. <laughs> yeah, no, like big Cancer mood over there, and then a big Pisces mood yesterday. I was at Home Depot, and the employees were a little rude to me, and I just started crying. <laughs> In the Home Depot, and I was like, I'm just gonna leave. I'm not even gonna get what I came for. I'm yeah. just gonna leave. Like, this is just too much. No. But, oh boy. Um, sometimes, sometimes if somebody's mean, I'm like, what's going on? Like, do you want a hug? Like, what, are you okay? Oh my gosh. Yeah. If someone's mean, I either just am like, oh, it's, you know, their life is just their life, yeah. and they're probably going through something. But occasionally, it'll catch me on a day where I'm like already overwhelmed and stressed or. Like yesterday, I went to Lowe's and the employees were rude to me there. And then I went to Home Depot and they were rude to me there. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, I'm just this stupid idiot in overalls and Tevas. I just need help. Like, and then she texted Tivas. me about it. And was like, these people were mean to me. And I was like, all right, who do I have to kill? Yeah, she's like, like someone's mean to me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. you're clearly having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Like, but if it's your friend, you're like, I will destroy you. Yeah. No, you know, it's it, gonna be really upsetting. Yeah. You catch these hands, you dumb son of a bitch. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, someone hurts Jordan and my brain just goes blank except for kill bill sirens. Like I'm like, murder. Right, exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Um, that's that's what that that's with my kids. You know, like that's mm-hmm. when I was like, I went into the they were not prepared for me in Portland. Like they were not. I can't I was like I want to speak to the principal, the vice principal, or I'm going to go Brooklyn on you guys. Like I, like I said that, I was like, you don't want to see. My dad is from the Bronx, okay? Like, you don't want to see it. And then I feel like New Yorkers, I was just talking to my friend about this, we have a special kind of PTSD. Like, there's something in New York that you just see all this crazy shit. Like, I remember... When you said, you, when you were like that, that Home Depot employee, they're probably going through something, right? Mm-hmm. I, that triggered this memory of <laughs> walking down my parents' street and this woman is like on her, her cell phone. She's like, I'm going through something. I said, I'm going through something. And I was like, she's going through something. Yeah. I like it. You know? Yeah. Feel, wow. Feel seen, huh? Right. Well, okay. So I'm going to try to yeah. 
yes, bring us back because that was our our bad on. We we're just. I think I'm just oh, gonna expect I, this again, for every question. Like this, we're just gonna yeah, like. It's, cool. it's fine. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. So sorry, guys. Oh no, it's, no, it's us. It is us as well. We are all just yeah. in that ADHD derail train. Um, yes, exactly. Yes, we are all on a train, and there are no rails. Like I said, so, we're off roading. Yeah, we are off road. You're right. And I have a Subaru. We had okay. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. Bring it back. It all comes back around. Okay. Thank you. I forgot about that part of the conversation, which is also a mood. Um, <laughs> okay, so. Obviously, you have, you know, how, like you've talked a little bit about how ADHD impacts your creative process and how you work, but obviously it's worked pretty, pretty, uh, pretty okay for you, pretty well for so far, because um, you are, uh, okay, and when I say, like, we were a little, I don't, I don't want to say starstruck, but, like, a little, because, intimidated, like... Intimidated, I think, to cut to the chase. <laughs> yeah, intimidated, because uh, for those of you listening, Sarah Fader is, like, verified on Twitter. And I don't know why, but as soon as we were like, oh no, blue check Twitter. Oh no. <laughs> Just like that little <laughs> facet of it. Like, and for those of you listening at home as well, we also had like a conversation with Sarah last week so that we were preparing for this. So it was a lot less nerve wracking today, but I will say like, we both were like, okay, we got to just be ready for this meeting. We got to be ready for this call with Sarah. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. Or I like, wore a business right. shirt with a collar and buttons. Yeah. <laughs> right. no, and like, then you couldn't see it because the train Wi-Fi cut out. But I'm right. so sorry. Story. I, so I just harassed Twitter until they verified me. I was nice. like, so love it. Verify me. So like, is it today? Like, are you going <laughs> to verify me today? What does it take to get verified? Um, what, I don't do you- know. I don't, I don't really know because like, I was just annoying. Like, I just kept, like, tweeting them. And then I was like, who wants me to be verified? (laughs) It was so annoying. You just crowdsourced your verification. I love that. I love that. So, yeah, I was just, I was just, like, irritating to the point where they were like, okay, fine. Just stop talking. Yeah. Duly noted. (laughs) Um, There there used to be a form that you filled out to verify, but I don't know if they still have it. I think they stopped doing it, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get it. I'll look at into it and get back to you guys. I'm so embarrassed by how I derailed this conversation. Yeah. You answered the question is, that we yeah, asked And you. this is also <laughs> related because I am very curious to hear about how navigating your status on social media and as like a public figure of sorts. Right. And how do you, how do you navigate all of that with ADHD and then also, how did you get involved with uh, ADHD and neurodiverse Twitter? I try really hard to be just as real as I can be and just say whatever pops into my head. I used to, I use Twitter as like a vomitorium. Mm-hmm. Like I just kind of say whatever. But as of late, I think with everything that's going on, I try to be more sensitive to, to what's happening mm-hmm. in in the world. But I think I, I used to be, I used to be, and I still try to be like, I think about like what's going on in my head. I'm like, that's pretty funny. I'm going to say that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, and like, but I try to, now I think I'm more mindful of like, is it a population that I represent? Right. Mm-hmm. And if it's not, I try to, instead of saying something, amplify the voice of the person. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'm not a person of color or like, instead of saying something, I'm going to retweet that pr- somebody, mm-hmm. a person of color who has an opinion on something specifically, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not my, it's not my place to say like an opinion about the, like, is it okay for people to riot or whatever, like, or looting or anything like that? That is 
like the people in that community get to decide mm-hmm. how they react to, to like what's happening in the, the Black Lives Matter community. Like the best way that we can, I think that we can be allies is to amplify people's voices and to mm-hmm. respond to what people are saying they need. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we, we've had a lot of discussions about it in terms of starting a podcast right now. Yeah. Do, doing that hey. also like, like, it, like I really liked what you said, I think in the first episode about, which I think is also important is acknowledging our privilege too. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, amplifying voice, you know, voices of color and also acknowledging that we have white privilege and, you know, fighting against like white fragility and white tears and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And um, mm-hmm. so I feel like there's that. But aside from that, I just try to say things that are like, I, I look inside and I think what's real to me, right? Because mm-hmm. all we can do is be ourselves. And so I try to the best of my ability not to censor my opinion because I, I'm entitled to my opinion. And mm-hmm. if, if it offends somebody, it's going to offend them. And all mm-hmm. I can do is just say how I feel. And then if, if somebody has a reaction, then I'll address it if it happens. Right, right. And that makes so much sense to you with what you said earlier about kind of the power of writing and telling stories and saying like what that is real and true to me, can I put out there that will make someone else feel seen? I thought that that was really, really cool. So it's cool to see how that tracks with how you communicate on Twitter too. Is that like how you got involved in like specifically ADHD Twitter is just being like, hey, this is me and falling into that? Or like, how did you get into that community yeah, I, specifically? I, I feel like it was kind of, I just like found people that we, we like understood each other. I, I started this hashtag called ADHD probs and <laughs> talked about, you know, like all, like the things that I have with regard to ADHD that, that are, that bother me, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that I thought would bother other people. And then we kind of talked about that and, you know, neurodiverse Twitter, like just starting hashtags, I think unites people. Like when I started, this is what anxiety feels like, mm-hmm. or uh, shout out your med change. That was another one because mm-hmm. I feel like talking about like what meds work and what don't and speaking of that, I really loved Vyvanse. Vyvanse was so good for ADHD, but hmm. it also was really activating. So that was um, hard. Do you take stimulants for ADHD? Yeah, yeah. we both take we Adderall. Both. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, we have like the same exact medications. <laughs> I think just I think you have a different dose yeah. of Zoloft. Yeah, than me. I think I'm on less Zoloft and more Adderall than you. Yeah, I'm on 10 milligrams extended release in the morning, 10 milligrams instant release in the afternoon. Uh, see, I'm on 15 and Adderall, 5. Yes. Mm, okay. Adderall is a great drug. Yeah. That, that's another reason that I knew that I had ADHD is that my psychiatrist was like, let's try Adderall. I'm like, okay, I feel normal. <laughs> yep. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, that was, yeah. I was like, so I took my instant release and fell asleep. And she was like, yeah, okay, you have ADHD. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. But I was going to say, so yeah, just falling into like a community on Twitter. I think um, one of the things I do that is like a way of building up a community, and this is like my, my Twitter not so secret, is I follow the followers of, I don't know if you, there's a woman named Erin, E-R-I-N. I can't remember her last name, but she's like a, Canadian ADHD person. Hmm. I'll have to like send you her Twitter. She's she's phenomenal. Um, she kind of looks like she looks like Zoe Deschanel. Like I would go her Twitter and follow some of her followers, knowing that 
they probably had the same kind of mindset that I do or like interests that I do. It's kind of like going into a room and being like, hey, nice to meet you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then whoever stays and follows me back stays and whoever doesn't, doesn't. Nice. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. No, I'll get her followers and be like, who looks interesting? And they follow those people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is, speaking of hashtag ADHD probs, do you have a favorite or least favorite thing about having ADHD? Hyperfocus is my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. And then my least favorite thing is when I can't do anything. Like, you know, where mm-hmm. I like want to do something and just can't do, can't move or can't do stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other thing is just Im- being embarrassing, like embarrassing myself. Like I've done so many times on this podcasts um um, blurting things out and then people not understanding or thinking that I'm being rude you know Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's super fair while we have the question open Lex do you have a favorite or least favorite thing about having ADHD um probably my favorite thing is well okay so I have combined type and I think I lean a bit more hyperactive I feel like that seems true, right? It seems yeah. accurate. But yeah. definitely when I get like the upswing of energy and not even necessarily like in a hyper-focusing way, because that's cool. And I like being able to hyper-focus on stuff. But like really when I just get like a burst of energy and I'm ready to be social and I'm ready to be like mm-hmm. fun and funny. And it usually comes out I, like when we have parties. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, it's like the the ADHD fueled Jackbox games for me where I'm like I'm in my element I'm funny and I will prove it to all of you by crushing you best. in this comedy game like yeah that's, that's, let me say that is the best and, oh, and also creativity I like the fact yes. that mm-hmm. like many ADHD people are super creative you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and my least favorite thing is probably the executive dysfunction oh, that just really gets me so and also just like puts me in a shame corner for not getting up and doing anything. And then it just sort of like cycles through. Yeah. It's, a, like, can, it's the worst. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like oh. just, I think, yeah, like the bad ADHD days are bad, bad. What about That's you, Jordo? Super. I would say that my favorite thing that we've kind of already discussed is the community and how it feels to meet other people who understand and think this way and learn from them and connect with them. And it feels really fantastic. That's been a super, super rewarding thing to jump into and a super, super rewarding thing to get to learn about with you, Lex. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I feel like we understand each other and have a closeness we wouldn't have if we didn't think in the same specific way. Yeah. And I think even before we had ADHD, it was definitely clear that we just like got it. Yeah. We got each other. Yeah. Yeah, no. And Once we both way- were like, oh, that's why. <laughs> yeah. And just the way that you, you can click with somebody whose brain is kind of jumping the same way as yours. But that is also connected to my least favorite thing, which is that sort of ADHD thought process of we're on point A topic and I just jump straight to like point D7 topic. And that makes sense to me because I've got A, B, C, D, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. And everyone else is like, hey, Jordan, hey, Jordan, what the, what? That makes no sense to me. And then having to like track back and try and explain and be like, oh, am I crazy? <laughs> and that's yeah. frustrating. Yeah, that like that feeling of sometimes just being a little bit out of the loop mm-hmm. with everyone else. Mm-hmm. Rough. That is hard. Yeah. So we're actually on our last official interview question before we get to the fun, the fun uh, dopamine trampoline 
And I guess just like, do you have any tips, tricks, or sweet flips? Because, you know, parkour. Parkour! <laughs> uh, do you have any tips or tricks for creating, working, collaborating, uh, life generally, just, you know, navigating it with ADHD? I think the best thing is to just like harness the good days. You know, I think with any mental illness, but especially ADHD, like if you're feeling good, do what you can mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and try all, but also balance that because you, and you both have talked about this, try to remember to preserve some energy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think one of the, one thing that is good, and, and I think, you know, I'm resistant to this, but it's important is to have a schedule and it doesn't have to be the same every day. But if you have sort of a framework of what you're going to do and then stop at the time you said you're going to stop, I have a tendency to overwork myself because I'm, when I'm in the zone, I'm like, I got to keep going, but then you're going to burn out. You know, it's important to be like, I said, I'm going to stop at four. So I'm going to stop at four and I'm going to do something fun. I'm feeling ridiculously called out right now. (laughs) That's why I like side-eyed Jordan. I was like, it's easy to do. It's easy to just be like, well, I'm feeling in a good mood. I might as well get it done. Or like, I'm hyper-focused. I forgot that it's four o'clock, but that makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. Schedule is amazing when you can get it to work for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. And also, and also some, something that I, I try to do is because I have no sense of time is Mm -hmm. timing how long something is going to take. Yep. Right. So you don't have to. And also if like, you know, my boss is like, uh, how long is this going to take you? It's okay to say, let me get back to you because I I have a tendency to want to answer right away. And then Mm -hmm. you're going to piss people off because you say it's going to take a certain amount of time, but based on absolutely no evidence, it's, it's okay to be like, okay, let me get back to you. I'm going to, you don't have to tell them what you're doing. But like time yourself and say, let me get back to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That blew my mind. I never thought of that before. Yeah. Well, one thing I've done that's sort of similar to that is like, if my partner is like, so when are we hanging out? And I know that I'm doing stuff with Jordan earlier in the day. I'll just be like, I don't know yet. I need to figure it out. Yeah. But I'll exactly. let you know when I do know. Yeah. There's a pressure, I think, because... You want, like, there's a people-pleasing element of ADHD because you're, yeah. I feel like people mm-hmm. are, like, expecting you to do things and you're like, oh, but I'm always, like, I'm, I'm constantly, like, disappointing people because I can't do this particular thing, so I need to overcompensate, people please. Mm-hmm. But you're going to make people more mad if you promise you can do something that you can't do. Right, and right. That's what I, I learn over and over again. Like I, I fall on my face and I'm like, oh shit, I did that again. But like, then you, then you learn from that theoretically, mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, yeah. you know, and then the other, the other thing that I, there's a thing that I use a lot if I'm feeling anxious, cause I think there's a lot of anxiety that goes along with ADHD mm-hmm. because if you can't focus, you're going to be really anxious, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to so hard to focus this anxiety is looming. And mm-hmm. that's why a lot of people with ADHD get misdiagnosed with just anxiety. And it's not right? So there's an anxiety with not being able to focus. So I say, if I'm feeling like someone hasn't gotten back to me, right? I'll go just to manage my expectations. When do you think you'll be able to get back to me? Mm. Mm -hmm. Because if I know, if I have a framework, then I could stop annoying them. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, that's, wow. I feel like I just learned so much. (laughs) Yeah. That's fantastic. Wow. Just to, just wow. to my expectations was the best thing. It was the best thing ever because 
I can't, I, I, would, I don't have to like ask the same question over and over again, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, I like how the wording of that even, it, it puts less pressure on that person, right? And it's more like, no, no, you're good. I just need to know this so that I can stop bothering you slash so I can just like, this is for me. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Like, you know, like it just feels very, yeah, you're not, yeah. You're not putting it on them. Yeah, like yeah. Saying, like I need to know. Yes. And then um, another thing I, that really saved me, like there's that one because anxiety mm-hmm. tends to like sabotage things for me so much. Mm-hmm. So another thing that I do is I put in my calendar to follow up with somebody in two weeks if I don't hear from them. Oh. Right. So like, okay, so because I have no concept of time, so right. I follow up in two days and they're like, why are you asking me that again? Right. You know, like if they haven't gotten back to my manage my expectations thing. Right. So I'm going to get that. I'm going to, in two weeks, I'm going to follow up. And then another two weeks I'll follow up. I don't hear that. Yeah. I'm like ready to go do some business right now. I feel so empowered by all of this. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, since you're like, no, I was going to say like having those tools, it makes me feel more organized. Yeah. Wow. I'm kind of just like at a loss for words. Like it, it's, I think this might be part of the auditory processing factor of ADHD where it's easier for me to understand things when I'm like not just hearing someone talk and not just reading something, but like the auditory visual component of I'm looking at Sarah Fader and she's saying these things and it's coming to my little ears and I'm just like, this makes sense because I've read a lot of these tips in like articles mm-hmm. and like on P- in Pinterest infographics. Right. And I'm like, that makes sense. I should do that. And then I don't, but like having the, the audio visual component of you being like, yeah, no, I do this and it works for me. I'm like, yeah, wow. I'm ready to do that now. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's cool. It's such a good, it's, but that, that, that was the management expectations thing was like a game changer. Cause I was like, Oh, I can breathe. Like yeah. I don't have to, I don't, I could just, I, now I know I have an answer. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, and then I like the idea of like, you put it on your calendar and so you're not constantly like having to think about it because you're like, okay, I dealt with it for now. I have a date for when I'm supposed to check back in on this. They know that they're supposed to get back to me on this at some point. So like, there's nothing else I can do. I can move on to the next task and not fixate on this. Which, speaking of fixating on things, though, how do we feel about hopping on over to the dopamine trampoline over here, team? Yes. Nice. Yeah, I wish, I I feel like at some point we should figure out some sort of, like, fun music to go to the dopamine trampoline. Mm -hmm. Switch, switch bits. Let's put that on our calendars to think about later. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. Yeah. uh, With a one-hour alert before. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You are speaking my language. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, again, thank you for answering all of those questions and being willing to talk to us and our audience about your experience in life with ADHD. And I don't know, we just, Jordan and I both are super thankful and that you wanted to come and talk to us. And also just like so wildly in support of everything that Stigma Fighters is doing and stands for. It's just so cool. So yeah, just like a quick little plug Thank there you. for for Sarah on this. Uh, if you guys want to go check out Stigma Fighters, um, where where should they go to check that out? Do you have a, a specific website or social media page that you would want people to come check that out or just go to your Twitter or how you feeling? Stig- stigmafighters.com. There you go. So stigma, stigmafighters.com or at stigmafighters on Twitter. Nice. Well, there you have it, folks. Go do that. 
do it now. Okay, did well, you do listen it? Listen to the rest of the episode because we. I mean, you could pause it. On that. You could pause it. Go do it. Come back or just listen to the rest of the episode. It's really up to you, but do it. Uh, oh, and I also I'm at the Sarah Fader at, yes. on Twitter. Yes. Because somebody took Sarah Fader and doesn't use it. I'm like, gonna. I don't understand. I'm ready to go. At Sarah Fader on Twitter, we're coming for you. Yeah, exactly. But let's hop on over to the dopamine trampoline. Yeah. yeah. Just a quick note, since you are our first guest on the podcast, a quick note for our audience. What we've asked Sarah beforehand is if she would come prepared to talk about something to add to the dopamine trampoline with us. So she has come prepared to do that. And now I'm going to give you the floor so you can tell us about your current fixation. I... I really like this app called Luminosity. Yes, Luminosity. And it's a memory app that you can get for the iPhone, I, I believe the Android, but it has all these different games on it and they're all memory-based. And one of them that I really like, besides the animal thing that I was talking about before, mm-hmm. it's a coffee game and you are a barista and you have to remember everyone's order. So you're like cream, chocolate, cinnamon. And then you have to make sure that you remember everybody's order and then get it in time before it like overflows. Mm -hmm. But it's extremely exciting. And then there's another game that's like trains that are different colors and you have to make them go to the right tracks. And I like, it's very good for the executive functioning piece of my brain because I keep playing it over and over again. And it's like, I am challenging myself to be good at something that is like a deficit. But then mm-hmm. there are also games that are reaffirming, like I have a really good vocabulary. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, there's like a lot of different, like name as many, like as many words as you can in like mm-hmm. a minute, you know, with these particular letters. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Lumosity is my favorite right now. That's incredible. So what is your, I mean, you mentioned a few of the games, but which one is your favorite to play or does it depend on the situation? Right now, I I was so into the coffee game. Like I was like obsessed with it, but now... Now there's this speed-based game where you have to remember the order of sea creatures. So it's like turtle fish. And then as the fi- as you remember the correct order of the sea creatures, they they go further down the river. And then you're mm. like, I got to a thousand feet. I got to two thousand feet. Wow. So you're rewar- you are rewarded for remembering things. And I'm yeah. like, I remembered. <laughs> like I'm yeah. so proud of my my short-term memory right now, because that is a challenge for me. That's yeah. a challenge for a lot of ADHD people, I think, is the short-term working memory. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and so this game, sense. this game has helped me remember things. I'm like, oh, I nice. remember where I put my keys, you know? Mm-hmm. Dang. Mm-hmm. All right. That's amazing. I love that. <laughs> so um, do you, when do you usually, so I, so I ask this because, you know, in the first episode I talked about Sudoku, which is also like on my phone. Do you find yourself just sort of playing at random times when you have a few minutes to play? Or do you like do that as like a, an unwinding thing? Or do you do it before tasks, like the reward before the hard thing sort of? I do the, I do the, the reward to like pump myself up before doing a task. And then I'll mm-hmm. t- do it when I'm taking breaks. But sometimes mm-hmm. I got to be like, okay, like your break is over. Because it's hard when I get fixated on something, I'm like, I got to get to the next level, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And um, so I have to tell myself like, okay, you got it. You will get back here. You just have to do 20 minutes of this other task. Yeah. I know I'm kind of bad at that part. (laughs) Because like once I'm going, I'm like, I could just keep playing. 
I could just keep playing and get the dopamine from this. Um, like last night I had a really hard time. I was like unwinding with it, but it became more than unwinding. It became uh, like, no, I gotta get to the next thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was really difficult to go to sleep because I was trying so hard. And I, so I feel like there are certain things that are not good to do before you go to sleep because mm -hmm. sleep is such an issue for me. Yeah, no, that's fair. Sleep hygiene is so important and it is something that I spend so little time putting any effort into fixing. So sleep I know. Sleep hygiene her. is a thing, apparently. Sleep hygiene? Yeah. Yeah. So I've heard. Yeah. We're uh, we're not great at sleep here either. <laughs> no, so we're not. Context. So I respect so I respect your willpower in that respect of even having the wherewithal to go, oh, I need to put this game away and fall asleep. But yesterday I couldn't do it. That was was really bad. Like I just kept going and going. And I was like, but it, sometimes it comes with anxiety. I'm like, I'm anxious and I feel like maybe I'm soothing by doing this game. And sometimes it's, just, but it's not actually, it's a, it's like an illusion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're like, it's, it's giving me some dopamine each time I win, but your brain is like, no, I'm working right now. Like I am active. You yeah. can't sleep like this. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, like going for walks is so important, I think, because mm -hmm. the stimuli of getting outside and seeing new things and not being in your house. I mean, it's, it's difficult with the quarantine, but even if you can go out and go for a walk with a mask, like it's really important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like that, that old school Jane Austen, take a turn about. The yeah. Gardens. Take yeah. a turn. Yeah. Well, just got to take a lap around the block real quick. <laughs> yeah, even that, even just yeah. going around the block. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Even yeah. just, I've been spending more time in our backyard lately. We have a tiny little patio and some chairs and stuff. And mm -hmm. A, I like it because sometimes I get to see our downstairs neighbor's really cute new dog. Yeah. But also just like being outside and having a different sensory experience. It's so refreshing. It just kind of cleans the slate a little bit, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I go for a drive. I know it's not as good for the environment, but I like my Subaru. <laughs> and also, I love yeah. I love driving. Mm -hmm. Well, and then also I can play music. Yep. Yeah, I love it. And speaking of things you love, hmm? Lex. Yeah. Oh you? right. I was like, what? <laughs> Don't be trampling. Yes, I did. Oh yeah. Uh, so I was telling Jordan this last night as a sort of behind the curtain thing for all of y'all. I was like, so in the Google doc, I said all time fave or current. So whichever one Sarah Fader decides to choose between current hyperfixation type thing or all time fave fixation, I was like, I will do whichever one she chooses. So since you did current, I'm going to do like my current one. But my current fixation these days, the thing that's given my brain lots of dopamine has been um, D&D <laughs> and specifically preparing a character sheet, uh, creating a character sheet is just so, so much work. Like if you've, if you've played D and D before or any sort of tabletop game where you got to fill out a lot of character info before you can actually sit down and play with everyone, it's like a lot of work. You've got to figure out a lot of different, a lot of different stuff. So like for D and D, you've got to decide not just like your name and what your character looks like, but you have to figure out their ancestry, their culture, their um, their class. So I am making a warlock right now for the campaign that I'm getting ready to start on Friday with some friends via Zoom. No worries. All virtual. Um, but so I've just been getting back into that. Comes and goes in waves. But like character creation 
and specifically for D&D right now, but I think just character creation overall is something that I love to do, like playing The Sims. I spend more time making The Sims than I do actually playing The Sims. Uh, same thing with like Stardew Valley. Like I take so long to design my little characters. Like character design is just so fun to me. It's like my favorite part of any game, I think. Um, and I don't know if that's like some weird latent, like playing with dolls sort of thing that is from my childhood. I don't know. Um, cause I did love to play with like dolls and stuffed animals and like, I loved dress up games. Like, oh, you know what it is? You know what it is? It's the, the Barbie. What? Oh. It's the Barbie games, you know, Barbie.com. They had like all those old school games where you could like design what kind of hair they had and stuff and like makeup and that's my shit. So that's what I've been really fixating on this week. Um, and by fixating, I really do mean fixating. I I have been unhealthily spending a lot of time, I think, on this certain character that I'm making because I'm just, like, having so much fun with it. And then last night I was like, oh, I'm supposed to record a podcast tomorrow with someone who's not Jordan. So I need to actually get sleep. And I was still like, but what if I just kept writing the backstory for this character? What if I just keep writing? And don't worry, I I got to bed by like 1230, which is really early for me. So like, you know, but it it is a challenge. (laughs) But at the same time, it's just so fun. You get to create, it's almost like you create an alter ego too with Mm D&D because you're not just playing like on a screen, you're role playing. So you like embody that character a little bit. So I've been having a bit fun with that and I'm making a fun little warlock and her patron is the Raven Queen and it's super goth and ridiculous and I'm just I'm really in it I'm really in it well my boyfriend plays D&D like every he has a weekly group nice um I was gonna say like my all-time favorite hyperfixation is Magic Gathering so I like I love to make oh yeah I love to make decks and we still play he and I play in person, but it's, there's so many different ways to like to make a deck and it's Mm -hmm. really exciting. Yeah. My friends in high school played magic a lot and, um, I could never get into it because I was just so busy all the time in high school that I just was constantly on the move. Um, but I do remember always being really envious because it'd be like, we're going to sit down and play magic. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go to band practice now bye (laughs) (laughs) i have never played nor interacted with magic the gathering but i hear and understand and respect just the deep satisfaction of like playing with cards and like having a a thing to sort and fidget with so hell yeah oh yeah oh yeah that's the other thing about DD and creating a a new DD character means i get to get a new set of dice i shouldn't it's not financially responsible but who cares I get to, yeah, but it's it's exciting though. Yes, and I can pick out a new set of dice that matches this specific character and their aesthetic. Oh, Chef Kiss, I love it. Jordan, what about you? Too. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. No. I. Yeah. Also, yeah. uh, I love that your all-time fave is going to be Magic: The Gathering. Fantastic. The next time you come on one of our episodes, we should we we can talk about that. (laughs) It's so Uh, good, and there's different colors, and it's exciting because you can make blue and black deck or you know white and red or you know and they all have different kind of like personalities like red is all like destroy and black mm-hmm. is like torture oh, <laughs> like, nice and, yeah and then Love green that. is like weird foresty creatures and white is healing 
But I was going to say, Jordan, I loved your hyperfixation about sentences, the, the like radio sentences. Oh, the <laughs> so cool. It's yes. so interesting. There are many weird like radio audio history things I could get into. I'm going to save number stations for another day, but I have a geographically topical hyperfixation today, which is Columbia Valley Viticulture. Amazing. (laughs) I grew up in the Columbia Valley, which is southeastern Washington State. Uh, For those of you who don't know Washington State, it is like Seattle, except completely different because it's the opposite corner of the state, and it's a desert. For those of you who do know Washington State, no, we don't glow in the dark. (laughs) But the interesting thing that a lot of people don't know about the Columbia Valley is despite it being a desert, uh, the soil is actually really rich and well-draining because of how much sand is in it. And there is a water table and a river, so you can irrigate. There's a pretty significant irrigation system. There's a pretty significant agricultural economy in Mm. southeastern Washington. And part of that is wine. And the fascinating thing that makes wine work so well is the Columbia Valley, southeastern Washington, is on the same latitude as the Bordeaux region of France, which most people know make wines. If you didn't, they make wines out there. Uh, That's going to be red Bordeaux varietals are Merlot. I'm hearing my own voice echo and it's making me forget what I'm saying. Oh no. (laughs) Um, Bordeaux varietals are like, Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, Merlot, Carmenere, and there's one other that's escaping me right now. Um, but that's like really full-bodied, really rich tannic reds, if you're into that sort of thing. And a lot of those grow in the Columbia Valley. There's a huge wine industry. I got to work in the wine industry there for a little bit and learn a lot about wine and get a lot of free wine. So much free wine. We still have a lot of We that still wine. have free wine that I got from working out there in my house now, two years after moving to Chicago from Washington. Yeah, it doesn't help that I'm allergic Whoa. to wine. So I can't help Jordan drink any of this. Oh, I've got it. Yeah. No, I, I know. I just, <laughs> I, in case anyone's like, did they just not drink? Like, no, I, I'm allergic to wine. I can't, I can't drink it. Can't partake. But Yeah. Also, I did just Google it because I was like, that doesn't sound completely right. And the Columbia Valley is also in a small part of Oregon. This is true. Yeah. Just to. I think I did know that. Also, do any of the wines require making them by smashing the grapes with your feet? So that's (laughs) super duper against food code. You can't make that and sell it. But the Yakima Valley, which is a sub AVA. I believe, of the Columbia Valley. It's a small part of the Columbia Valley around the Yakima River. They have an event that's called something, something crush, fall crush or something crush, where you do that. You crush grapes with your feet. It's an event that they have along with a lot of wine tasting, which I think you kind of probably have to do first to like take your shoes off in front of strangers and jump on grapes. So here's the thing. I've participated in grape stomp competitions because I'm from Pawpaw, Michigan, home of St. Julian Winery and a lot of vineyards. I don't know if the wine's good. I don't know. Again, the whole allergy thing really (laughs) doesn't help me in that, but. So you can't, you can't participate. I can't, yeah. Can't weigh in, but I have, have gotten into a giant tub full of grapes and squished them with my feet. 
you know, Sarah, the Willamette Valley also grows <laughs> a significant amount of grapes. It's a much more temperate, wet climate because you're west of the Cascades, so you get a lot more precipitation from the Pacific Ocean. The beautiful Pacific Ocean. I miss you. Yes. I want to um, live in Cannon Beach so much. I love Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that's like, I went to La Push. And yeah, no, that was the, first of all, I didn't know La Push was a real place. I just thought it was a <laughs> beach in Twilight. And then my friend and I took a road trip to go camping out there. And I remember I was like, wow, A, it's real. And B, huh, this is the prettiest place I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. And then C, wow, Stephanie Meyer really fucked over <laughs> all of the tribal uh, associations and people here. So um, that's yeah. a bummer. <laughs> But oh no, she did. That's why I read her book, Donate the Money to the People of That Area. It's a Quayu. Yeah. Yeah. She really That's fucked horrible. Over the yeah, no, I know. I was like, oh. And not that I was like the biggest fan of Twilight, but I definitely liked it enough in high school that I was like, I'm going to La Push. It's La Push, baby. It's I actually push. Like, I love the Twilight books. I think they're wonderful. And they people, are something. <laughs> my feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they are, they're, they're good for that genre, you know? Yeah, yeah no, and I think there's something to be said for the widespread love of Twilight. Mm-hmm. It yeah, cannot be I don't, I mean, yeah. I do think that the books are, are, the movies are entertaining, but the books are actually better than the, than the movies. And they're, mm-hmm. I think that they're good. I think they're, they're captivating. They're, you know, they're no Buffy, I gotta say. There's- Here's the thing about the movies, though, that I would like to advocate for is that the movies, one of the movies, has Lee Pace in it. Okay. Yeah. I think two of the movies, maybe. Because he's in the Volturi, right? Uh, Have you ever seen Twilight? Yeah, but I don't remember it. Have you seen all of the Twilights? I remember, like, I have Lee Pace's face. Yeah, I have have as well. Uh, It's just like a, it's like a, the, um, all you can get filter on Instagram around the whole movie except Lee Pace's face. That's fair. Yeah. Now you're, but you're making me want to go to La Push though. <laughs> I know. I, I know. It's so it's so beautiful. Um yeah, wow, incredible. But yeah, uh, uh boo Stephanie Meyer for really fucking over the Quayute though. It's not great. That's not cool at all. No, not, not so at all. But I do I do um this is not a but to Stephanie Meyer, I just but I, I do love La Push. And Stephanie Meyer has nothing to do with, like, La Push being a very beautiful beach. So, yeah. And Sorry. So, you were saying about Oh, I was just and- saying that the Willamette Valley also has a thriving wine industry. So, Sarah, if you do want to go crush grapes with your feet, uh, it's probably going to be, like... Wanna, I don't even want to drink the wine. I just want to crush grapes with my feet. You know, I like... Bet, I bet. I bet there's a place to do that. It's probably going to be mostly, like, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir and a lot of, like, lighter red. But that oh, doesn't right. super change the feeling of the grapes on yeah, your feet. Yeah, you can crush any of those with yeah. your feet. Just go, like, down near right. Salem. Yeah. Get some get some grapes. Yeah. Put your toes in them. Just squish them I right up it. with your little feetsies. Squish, squish. Gotta get those I grapes. Like it. That's a That's a sensory experience I'm imagining right now. Get those grapes all up in your toes. It stains your that's feet. That's another thing. Another, yes, I could totally see that. Another mm-hmm. thing that people don't realize about ADHD is that People talk about sensory toys or fidgety things for autism all the time, mm-hmm. but for ADHD, it really does help to have a fidget toy or to have like some like sensory stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I love like 
playing with putty or play-doh or like having mm-hmm. something that I can because that used to be really annoying to me that's why I doodled all through high school because mm-hmm, I needed something too. to do mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and and my pay, my my notebook was full of these like elaborate drawings all over the I notebook. do have a very important question for you please answer carefully did you ever draw Sonic the Hedgehog with a penis Remember this? No, I haven't. I thought we were saying yes. I was like, yes, very quickly. And I was like, oh, not again. Not again. But yeah, anyways. When you told that story, I was like, this is the most incredible anecdote. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I still have like some level of fan art just unsettles me. Even if it's, like, not even remotely horny fan art, I'm just like, oh, but it's adjacent. It's in the same right. genre. Yeah. Ah. I just, like, you get can't like, it clean. Yeah, no, I, I just... You can't, like, you can't do it. Can't. I also have weird, like, okay, so the things that I doodle are repetitive, too. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I, I get obsessed with, like, drawing eyes or trees yes. or, like, you know, things that are, like, comforting to me, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Or I, I draw things that resemble um totem poles with like really intricate detail gosh you really you really lived in the northwest too huh (laughs) (laughs) i know it's so it's so bad it's so bad it's just so ingrained all of it Mm -hmm. it's just right in there and i i recognize that all of us who are from and or have lived in the pacific northwest for a good chunk of time i'm pretty sure to the rest of the country we are insufferable but like i don't care because i'm like i know exactly like you you just get so into it yeah it is it is a culture shock at first i was like Mm -hmm. is everyone actually this nice but no they're actually really that nice Mm -hmm. yeah so thank you so much uh for joining us today wonderful Sarah Fader. That's uh, at the Sarah Fader on Twitter. And you can check out at stigma fighters on Twitter and stigmafighters.com. See what Sarah Fader has been doing. We can also share some of those fantastic articles that you wrote and mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep an eye out for those on our Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. We'll probably put them in the episode description as Thank well. You. Oh, good call. Yeah, of course. Um, and yeah, thank you. Thank you all so much for tuning in and listening to all of us. Just kind of chat a little bit and hear about, Sarah's story and yeah you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and most other places cool people listen to podcasts. Also a special thanks to Creesha Carrillo for her cover art design. You can find her at Petalhop on Instagram and Twitter now. Uh, give her a follow, check her out. She's, She's very fantastic. talented. Yes yeah and on Etsy. Oh, yes yes and on Etsy. She's she's up there now. Uh, thank you Tom Rosenthal. Um, he's the one who performed wrote and performed uh, our theme song, There is a Dark Place, off of his album, Keep a Private Room Behind the Shop. He didn't perform it for our podcast. That would be wild. Someday. But thank you, Tom Rosenthal, for that. <laughs> it's good times. Um, I'm sorry. Is- I am so, like, well, I don't even know today. I don't no, know. Don't, no, no apologies no, necessary. Just, this has been a blast. We don't know how to take compliments. Anyways, okay, so... Anyway. <clears throat> Follow us on the social meds. We are at or learn parkour on Twitter. We are at we are WPC on Instagram. You can also check us out online. Our website is we are WPC.com. We also have a Ko-Fi. Is that the part where I say this? Yeah. We're on Ko-Fi and the link to that is in our Twitter. Yeah. And uh, you'll find some links in our episode description to sources. Um, by sources, I mean to the articles that Sarah Fader has written uh, to 
a link to the transcript, which Sarah Fader will have provided. Yeah, we'll <laughs> yeah. And then a uh, link to Tom Rosenthal's music and all of the links to our social media. Yeah, if you dig what you heard today, uh, don't forget to subscribe to this feed. Subscribe to Sarah as well, because she is the magic in this machine this episode. And tune in the Monday after next for another episode. Yeah, whatever we'll end up talking about. So, yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, if you like this, don't just subscribe. And don't just go follow Sarah Fader. Can you, like, tell your friends? Share. Maybe write an iTunes review. I think we're at that point where we're like, oh, we have some listeners. So, like, we love you all so much already. We do. And we would love to have more people in this party. So, invite your friends. Invite your family. You should... What? Jordan and Lex are amazing. Mm-hmm. And they, you guys should review their podcast. This is not an ad. Just review their podcast on iTunes. Follow them everywhere. Not literally, but like <laughs> <laughs> on social media. Because you don't want to, you don't want to be a stalker. That's not cool. Don't and be we're quarantining. Killer. We're mostly just in our house anyway. Yeah, no, so. it's going to be right. real boring for you. But uh, yeah. yeah, thank you so much. Thanks, Sarah. That's so nice. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And, um, this is a, uh, I'm so glad that this was very smooth because I am crazy. No, it's a delight. No, it's it been fantastic. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's our episode this week. So thank you all so much. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Yay. Bye, y'all. All right, I'm going to stop the recording now. Dots.